0: This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Welcome to Trinity Cathedral on this Easter Sunday morning. Yes, it's Easter. It's here again but I'm going to start by telling you a very short Christmas story. (laughs) A long time ago, my family took my great aunt, Gussie Schultz, out for a ride in the car on a Christmas night to go look at Christmas lights. You see, we took her back to her hometown. We were in her hometown, and so we decided to drive through the old neighborhood. When we got there... We saw a house in the distance that had more lights and beauty and sparkle and color than anything we had ever seen before. And so we slowly drove up to the house, and there was an old man sitting in the front yard. He was watching all the cars drive by, and we were curious about who this guy was. So we asked the man to to come up to the car and tell tell us all what we were looking at. So he did for a time, but then my great aunt recognized the man. She didn't know him by name, but she knew who he was, and it was very clear that she wanted to speak to him. Now, Aunt Gussie wasn't a a person of very many words, but she was always very polite. And so shortly after she greeted the old man, she happened to say, we thought you had gone on. And the man was standing outside the car, just kind of smiling and nodding, but we could tell he had no idea what she said. So he said, what? So she tried to rephrase, and Aunt Gussie said with a sweet resolve, we thought you had gone to your greater glory. But it was clear still that the old man didn't have a clue. So he says, beg your pardon, And so Aunt Gussie had a little bit more confidence in her voice and it got a little bit louder and she said with a smile, we thought you were dead. (laughs) Well, we all started laughing. The old man laughed and said, no ma'am, it's me, I'm here. My great aunt thought that the old man who had lived in that house was dead, except he wasn't. My aunt expected that the old man had died, that he was gone, that he was dead. Exactly the same thing that the women expected that morning in Jerusalem. The women had every reason to believe that Jesus was dead. The gospel writer introduces this story as well. Matthew does this as well because he uses a word choice in the original Greek text, for tomb, and he talks about a tomb in a way that it signifies that it's a dead place, kind of somewhere off limits, taboo, kind of a place that the living don't go. It was a dead place. But the angel in the story tells the women that Jesus isn't there, so instead go to Galilee where you will meet him, that you will see him there. And so as they leave the tomb with fear, I mean, how could they not be afraid? You don't hear about dead people rising from the dead every day, if ever. So they leave with fear, but also with great joy. And Matthew uses a different word choice this time when he talks about them leaving the tomb. Our English translation says tomb, but in the original Matthew now calls that place where they are a memorial, a place of remembrance, but not a dead place. You see, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is not dead, that his body is not there. It is no longer his tomb. He is risen, he is alive, and he will meet the disciples in Galilee. And the story corroborates this message when Jesus appears to the women as they go and offers a traditional greeting in English greetings in Greek, karate, meaning rejoice, may your heart be warmed. And the women are told by Jesus to tell my brothers to go to Galilee, there they will see me. And tell they do. They thought Jesus was dead, but he has been raised. So they're told to go to Galilee, and off they go to follow what Jesus said. Brothers and sisters, we are the product of their going to Galilee. Because after Galilee, the disciples went back to Jerusalem, back into that hotbed of conflict. They went back. Back to Jerusalem and proclaimed this resurrection, and then they walked hundreds of miles on trade routes all over the Mediterranean, sharing this good news to all who would hear. They sailed to the furthest reaches of the known world and shared what they had experienced. Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed. We celebrate today because we've learned about it from them, from our spiritual ancestors who have told and retold this story because they were called to go from that memorial site to Galilee to experience how the resurrection of Jesus was going to turn their world upside down because the creative and Genera- generative actions of God will not be stopped. Death is not the end. Jesus's resurrection from the dead paves our way onwards into a resurrection life as well. And so today, we are invited to go to Galilee. Maybe the real one, Sure. But maybe the Galilee we need to go to looks like going into a situation or a place where we expect that God will accompany us into something difficult, something unsolvable, something utterly terrifying. But we go. We follow Jesus's words and go. Our Galilee might have us walking over a few blocks like some of our volunteers did this morning and help feed the homeless. Or it might be having us travel thousands of miles from home to help refugees fleeing violence or danger. The world has got so many challenges right now. So many challenges. We each have a Galilee where Jesus wants us to go and meet him there. Each of us have this. Our Galilee might be in our workplace, or in our school, or even at home, in the midst of our families, where the presence of wise, self-giving, abundant, unconditional love is badly needed. Our Galilee might even be to take on a task You know, that seems insurmountable, unachievable, going straight into something where there appears to be little hope at all, as if the resolution is already dead. But we are called, just like the disciples, we're called to go to our own Galilee to encounter the living God Acting alongside of us, changing us, and with Jesus Himself giving us a powerful way to love beyond our own capabilities and our own knowledge to love into every single place, every single corner of our lives. A love that will find us in every single corner of our lives. Here's the deal. Jesus isn't raised for the dead for himself. He's raised for you so that he can accompany you through every single walk of life you encounter, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Confusing? Definitely. Terrifying? Yeah, quite possibly. Possibly but with the greatest love imaginable, that this great act of divine love was done to show you and to the entire world that God's ultimate dream is your greatest good. Life begins again for all of us at Easter. So when we encounter those challenges of our day that we think lead us to despair or put us into some type of a dark place because our hearts hurt and our souls feel powerless on the inside or absolutely dead. The risen Jesus meets us on the road. Karate, greetings, rejoice. And we are given new power to face the days to come with new perspective and new possibilities we realize that we are indeed not dead and we are filled with the possibilities of more light and beauty and sparkle and color than we have ever seen before. Jesus, we thought you were dead. Nope. He is truly alive and with us now. That's why we're here. Christ is risen indeed. Happy Easter.